podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode four of Stoppage Time by the MLS UK show. My name's Henry Hewitt and as always joining me is... Elliot Holman. I will do less coughing on this episode, I promise. Oh mate, I was going to ask you, how are you feeling? Because in episode three, if anyone's not heard it or watched it yet, um, yeah, Elliot's not, uh, he's not feeling too good. He's not the Jedi C word, as we said, but... You weren't feeling too clever. So uh, how are you feeling now? Uh, yeah, I uh, have less of a cough, less of a sore throat. Uh, I'm still deaf in this ear, though. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Well, next week we are putting out episode one of the new season of the uh, official MLS UK show, the bumper episode. So hopefully you can be all right for that, because uh, wait, which year is it again? Is it left or right? It's my my right. Oh, right. Well, that's where I stand. So I might have to shout on the episode. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Let's talk more about Orlando. No, anything but that. Um, and did you watch this? We recorded this on the Monday, Valentine's Day, actually. I've left Poppy downstairs uh, on Valentine's Day to record this. Well, did you watch the Super Bowl last night? I guess you're up early, aren't you, doing breakfast radio? Yeah, it, it barely finished before I got up. So I didn't watch it. However, I've caught up with the important bit, the halftime show. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Have you seen that meme that's going around? And it's, it's. I didn't realise, but this is true, that years of having Paul McCartney and, and The Who and stuff, and you're thinking, oh, this is the generation before me. And now you're going, finally, this is our generation. But then you're like, no, this means we're really old people now. Yeah, and I've been walking around all day, just like emptying the dishwasher, getting things out of the fridge, and I'm just like, la-di-da-di-da, it's the one and a... Uh, yeah, not quite as gangster as I thought. No, uh, I managed to catch a US uh, stream of it. It was on NBC and the adverts. And you've always, I've, I've watched the Super Bowl on US streams before and I, I know all about the adverts and, um, you know, everything that goes around them and how excited people are. But literally, some companies will have an advert. There'll be a celebrity on screen. You won't know until 25, 30 seconds into it what they're actually selling. Dolly Parton was talking to the screen and then it just took a... a, a, a phone out of the top and went t-mobile it's like i would never have guessed you were selling t-mobile because last year she did the squarespace uh advert and it was like working nine to five and all of a sudden at the end it was like squarespace and you're just like what what's going on my favorite one i've seen uh the ad um uh dr evil of austin powers selling uh, cars and uh you know electric cars so that was random but I liked it. Best best advert I've ever seen is the Soccer 90 advert on the MLS UK show. Enter MLS UK at the checkout and get 20% discount. See, always a pro. He may still be ill, but he's always a pro. Check out Soccer 90. Uh, but we're not here to talk about adverts. Well, we're here to talk about Soccer 90, but not adverts in general. Uh, we are here to talk about the latest news in MLS as we head ever closer to the start of the season. It's next week now. We're so excited. Uh, number one this week on what we're talking about is Tati Castellanos. And I've got to admit, if you'd have said when MLS Cup was, when New York City won, uh, come the 14th of February, we'd still be talking about Tati Cassianos in MLS. I would not have believed you, but he's still here for now. Uh, River Plate have put a bid in $10 million and it's been rejected. Um, where we, we kind of were planning as MLS people, I guess, people who talk about MLS, we were planning for life without Cassianos. So are you surprised to see that he's still here? I am surprised. I think one thing that, it's maybe a blessing in disguise for NYCFC is that season before 
2021. Uh, so in 2020, of course, only got six goals in, in that MLS season. So no one was talking about him going into 2021 the way that we are now. So I guess... Yeah, they you know River Plate are interested. I'm sure there's plenty of other teams that are interested as well. But is he the complete finished article, proven finished article with consistency, which is key, that a bigger team than NYCFC is going to be looking at? I don't know if he is because I think there's potential temperament issues. Um, I I really hope he starts this season well, picks up where he left off because it's amazing to watch when you've got a striker in that much form. But I think there may have been reasons why clubs weren't prepared to go up and over what NYCFC would have been requesting. Yeah, because Manchester City, uh, Pep Guardiola said that he feels that Cassianos is ready for Europe and he's going to be a, a top, top player. Um, all the bids we're hearing that have come in from him have all come from South American clubs which is still a very good level of uh, soccer, but it's not European football. So do you think the his temperament is putting a few uh, possible suitors in, say, the Premier League off? I don't I don't know if it's his, his temperament entirely. Um, I think he's got that flair. It can be used positively, of course. So I don't want to say that oh, you can't write him off just because of his temperament. Sometimes you need someone to go out there and have a bit of bite and, and go and fight and press and work hard and... Um, take a yellow every now and again. So this modern, the modern game needs that. Uh, I just think this is the season for him to prove that that wasn't a flash in the pan because 2020 wasn't a great season for him. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he, he had an, a, a, an excellent season in 2021. Uh, New York City FC, he contributed so much to them winning MLS Cup. Uh, but you're right, you know, it can be a flash in the pan. If he comes back this season and scores six goals and New York City FC don't even make the playoffs, then no one's looking at him at all. So uh, I would say give him until the summer. Let's see how he does. If he smashes it still in MLS, then, yeah, you've got to expect that he isn't going to be here for much longer. Uh, New York City FC fans, I'm sure, would have uh, let him go with their blessing. They've won MLS Cup. They've achieved what they wanted to do. However, still having him here for game one next week, they won't mind that, will they? They'll be excited that he's still here and excited to see if they can defend the title, which, as we've said on the podcast plenty of times, it's not easy to do. No, absolutely. They are uh, MLS champions. It's largely down to that man, Tati Castellanos, and they will be buzzing that he's available in that 11 um, for those games. And, of course, uh, playing in the Champions League as well. Yeah, which starts this week. Uh, we're excited for that. And as we always say on the MLS UK show, good luck to all the MLS teams because it's about time that we had a winner from Major League Soccer. It's not happened before. It's ridiculous that it hasn't. We've been so close so many times. Um, looking at the teams that are in it, I mean, are you going for NYCFC as the our one big hope this year or is there could, a team that could surprise us? I think they're the team that all eyes are on, personally. I think the average follower of MLS who maybe hasn't watched NYCFC week in, week out is going to go, well, they won MLS Cup. They're going to be our, our biggest hope. Holding on to Castellanos is huge in that aspect. So what we've just been talking about, the fact that he's going to be available means that they have a massive, massive chance to finally get MLS that silverware in the uh, Champions League. Fingers crossed. Right, number two this week on Stoppage Time, the story we're talking about is Jamiro Montiero, who has signed for San Jose from Philadelphia Union. Uh, $450,000 in GAM and an international roster spot. He's going to be a DP for San Jose. Uh, look at his, some of his stats. 75 regular season appearances for Philadelphia. Nine goals, 21 assists, which is incredible, really. That's 
just under one every three games. Um, this we've talked about Philadelphia. Obviously, they've had a few players that have left this uh, this close season. But San Jose, you look at some of the players they've got. They've also signed up uh, Cade Cowell to a new contract this week. Uh, could this be the year that they start challenging? First of all, the Cade Cowell thing massive we've seen all the talent leaving we covered it in the last couple of episodes of this that is that is really really key that they keep on to Cade, uh keep hold of Cade Cal um but you know speaking speaking about Philly first of all letting Montero go I think is is interesting he didn't play as much you talk about the the assists but he still didn't play. he wasn't a regular in that side so 22 appearances in MLS last season now, he chipped in with a couple of goals. You touched on the assists. Obviously, that is the reason that he was so popular at Philly. And I just think it's a good move for all parties. A good player who's proven to be very good when given limited opportunities at Philadelphia is now going to go in be a DP. I think that's big. I think the DP tag is big for a player like him. But it's San Jose moving in the right direction. I think everybody's got something out of this, and I think it works for all parties. Yeah, well, you look at they've also signed uh, Jan Gregus as well, who uh, performed well for Minnesota. And, uh, you know, I think obviously he's, uh, you know, they, they've already got the likes of Espinosa. So they have got the players there. Um, he just hasn't worked. And it is in a similar way to you look at some other teams this year that we've covered. That have signed like Chicago have signed two players. Suddenly, you're thinking, well, they be a disappointment if they don't get in the playoffs. So it is these small pieces for these sides that were on the periphery of the playoffs that just pushes them over the line. Uh, back to Philadelphia. I mean, we can look at the players they've lost, but if you look at the young players in particular that are still there. You got Paxton Aronson, Jack McLean, Quinn Sullivan. These are guys, as as what has been proven in MLS recently. These young guys can come in and really change Philadelphia and is this uh, Jim Curtin yet another new setup he's got no, yet another new side that he's building yeah uh, FC Dallas and Philadelphia Union I think have really got it sorted in terms of the system bringing the youth through this is where MLS next is going to be really crucial for the for the other teams I know full well that 90% of MLS teams are looking at Philadelphia Union looking at the way they generate talent the way they bring that talent through and introduce it into the first team and move it on I think they're all looking at that with envy so MLS next is going to be really crucial for for teams that are trying to emulate that success and I look at teams like Philadelphia Union and they have to be a real force same as FC Dallas uh, when it comes to uh, the MLS next standings well, as if by magic, as if we planned it, number three this week, we're talking FC Dallas. Uh, Ryan Hollingshead, a legend at DC. He's been there for years, but he's not there, in, uh, he's not there anymore. LAFC have uh, picked him up. They've traded him. Um, 30 years old, Hollingshead. You forget how old he is. 193 appearances for Dallas. I know uh, Marco Farfan's going in the other way to uh, Dallas. But, you know, if you were a Dallas fan, as well as you know, be doing, bringing in these new players and they've got brought in one or two decent players in the close season. You must be, you must be a little sad that he's moving on. Yeah. Uh, just to pick up on uh, what you said, I don't know if he scored an own goal at some point, but he's not a DC legend. He's an FCD legend. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, cause I know people will comment, uh, but yeah, this is an interesting move for me because I think you have a player there that's only ever played 
for FC Dallas. And so it's really important that he now goes and, and, and makes an impression at his new club. Uh, Farfan obviously was with Timbers uh, and then LAFC is now going to FC Dallas as part of the swap. I like I like a player for player swap. I really do because I think it gives us an opportunity to see what the teams, how the teams uh, value their players. Um, but like you say, a, an FC Dallas legend, but hasn't racked up the appearances that he could have done. It sounds a lot, but he hasn't actually been a regular. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this change benefits him. Hopefully, it will be for the better for both him and LAFC. Yeah, well, we talk about it every week. And here's the mention. It's the MLS experience that LAFC have needed. Um, You know, we've said that, we've argued that since uh, Zimmerman left, this is what LAFC have needed. Uh, They've brought in one or two players in the close season that that have the MLS experience. This is potentially a new way that LAFC are looking at it. And you've got to say, starting this season compared to what we ended last season with, I think they have improved. Yeah, but... It happens every year, doesn't it? That every team improves. You know, even Cincinnati improved their roster. You've got to make that work, and and you have to, you have to also try and make that work while everyone else is making theirs work. So I think we always get caught in this trap of oh look, oh, I like the look of that roster, or they've made some good signings. Ultimately, teams can only really be as as strong as one another. That's the the way that the league is structured. So apart from that time when you looked at the LAFC roster three or four years ago and you were like, how? How have you got all those players on a roster and you're not over budget? Same with Seattle at the minute. Um, Other than that, I think, yeah, everyone's making good trades, but it's costing them. They're losing players as well. They're losing international spots or they're losing DP slots or they're losing TAM or GAM. So yeah, there's headline moves and Castellanos staying big. These moves for LAFC uh, and, and Portland... And FC Dallas a big, San Jose retaining Cade Cal, but it's costing them. And so ultimately, you could look at any team now and say, I could make a case for them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the beauty of MLS, isn't it? That we can look at any team and uh, already we, we will do. We'll look at the odds and the stats and who people are predicting. But nine times out of ten, these people are wrong. Because it changes and uh, teams will start badly, like Seattle and always end well. Our teams will start really well and drop off like LA Galaxy tend to do. So uh, we've got all this to come uh, with all the trades as well. We'll go into more detail about the squads and the trades and how teams are looking going into the season on episode one of series five of MLS UK show, which will come out next week. So we're so excited about that. But number four and final this week that we're talking about is a new story um, of, well, we, we thought that MLS had kind of got rid of this granddad tag, this retirement league tag. Yeah, uh, Gianluigi Buffon has uh, said at uh, How old is he? Is he 44 now? I think he's pushing. He's past 40, definitely. Buffon's uh, 44, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's saying that he would seriously consider a move to MLS. I know that uh, any Revs UK, obviously uh, New England Revolution's uh, UK correspondent, if you will, was uh, was trying to persuade any Revs to take a punt on him uh, to replace Matt Turner. Um, but 44, I mean, he's, he's doing it in Sierra. He's, he could do a job, could he? A, a nice little retirement, somewhere warm, maybe? I mean, I don't think he needs the money. Um over 500 appearances for Juve and he still went, yeah, I want to keep playing. And so obviously he's at Parma now. 
it's whether they're going to retain him and whether if they don't, he's like, I'm not done yet. I mean, realistically, can a 45-year-old be playing in MLS? Five years ago, absolutely. I'm... I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued. If Ronaldo ends up in MLS, this is going to be the same, you know, the same situation. He is a freak of nature, though, and age is absolutely a number to him. Um, Messi, best player in the world for me, personally, but I think age affects has affected him more. I watched PSG on Friday night, and he's very much strolling around the pitch, still pulling the strings, but he's, he's strolling. There's no sprinting going on. Um, but... Is age just a number, especially when you're a goalkeeper? Get him in MLS. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is what we could see in the next few years. Like you said there, you're a Messi man. I'm a Ronaldo man. I'd love to see him in MLS. And let's face it, some of his performances for Man United this year have indicated that he possibly is uh, about to uh, leave and go to MLS. But, um, but I mean, Messi and Ronaldo is one thing. Buffon has been one of the greatest goalkeepers ever. There's no doubt about it. But at 44 years old, we are trying to get rid of this tag and you'll be signing <laughs> a 44-year-old. Doesn't make sense. Uh, let us know in the comments, would you think that Buffon could be on his way to MLS? Would you like him at your team? There is some incredible goalkeepers uh, in MLS. We've seen that because a few of them have gone on to the Premier League. But do you think Buffon could be the next one? Uh, you can uh, tweet us at MLS UK show if you're on, uh, obviously, Twitter. Same with Instagram, at MLS UK show. Comment, share, tell us what you think. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, and in the comments, what would you... Uh, would you like Buffon at your team? Would you like... Comment on everything we've spoke about today and tell us your predictions going into the new season. Uh, but that's it for episode four. Elliot, the next time I see you, I'll be in that studio right there. I'll have to tidy up. Uh, but no, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back. Season five. Season five? Season five, episode one, uh, is going to be coming from the uh, Sakura Nani studio. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to look ahead at the season. If there's anything you want us to cover, if there's anything you want us to talk about, uh, then of course, let us know and we will do our best. Exactly. Right, that's it from us. Thanks for watching Stoppage Time. I'm going to leave Elliot home and to say his goodbyes and then I'll come back with what I normally say. See ya. No, that's my thing. See ya. <laughs>